0: I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Daisy
1: Rosario, and you're listening to ICYMI.
0: In case you missed
1: it, Slate's podcast about internet culture.
0: And I am back like Jesus. I have risen from the grave of gastrointestinal distress. <laughs> Just for y'all, I yep. hope that all of you are grateful, but y- y'all can't be as grateful as I am to Daisy for taking over in my stead. I was going through it. <laughs>
1: I mean, if there's one thing that I understand and empathize with, it is gastrointestinal distress. I will always be there for you, Rachel.
0: (laughs) This is the kind of support that I need, honestly. (laughs) Like, what's more romantic than understanding each other's gastrointestinal distress? True. (laughs) I mean, the thing about being sick is there's really not a whole lot to do, except like, suffer, and also watch television, which I did a lot of, and then also be online, which I also did a lot of, which means that I consumed a lot of discourse about um, one Monsieur Apartheid Clyde. Yes. Also known as Elon Musk. Right. (laughs) The rest of this episode, we're not going to say anything nice about this man, but I'm going to say I have a compliment for him. I went deep into my soul to pull this out. Yeah. He is an incredible walking advertisement for hair plugs. Like, oh, that's true. My God, the wonders of modern science. I look at his hairline and I look at old photos and I'm like, I didn't actually think hair plugs worked. Like, I'm going to be honest. I no, didn't think great they worked. Ones. Yeah. Great ones. Yeah. That's a good some example. Good ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? Wow. Science has come so far. (laughs) It really
1: has. More men than you realize are getting hair plugs, and it looks really good when it's done well, like Steve
0: Carell. Chef's kiss of hair plugs. And they should. Like, this is a thing. Bless their hearts. Like, I love this for them, truly. Yeah. So that's the only nice thing I have to say about him. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you talked with Natish Powell on Saturday's episode about, you know, musky boy, and had some choice quotes. My favorite one was, being on Twitter right now feels like a bunch of people hanging out in a condemned house, which is yeah, <laughs> just chef's kiss. It's a party in a condemned house. <laughs> that's how it feels. <laughs> it is. I'm just like, there are rave lights, but also the roof is caving in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. when a When a building
1: is breaking down and maybe this is, you know, because of where I have grown up or the era in which I grew up, but it's like. You go party in that space until mm-hmm. it's gone. Like, yes, no. You just go like, hey, yeah. we're gonna throw, we're gonna throw a party when we finish our bottle of beer. I'm gonna throw the glass against the wall because why not? We're just gonna do all the like ridiculous stuff. I mean, I guess I'm also somehow picturing like a teenage version of me in this. I'm realizing as I'm saying it out loud, but but that is Same. how it feels. It feels like we're all like, at some point, it's gonna cross a threshold, and until it does that, we're gonna <laughs> hang out and just be shitty with everybody else
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's really so true the mental image of throwing a beer bottle against the wall is what I am imagining all of our tweets are basically like you yeah. know when you go into the condemned party house and you can see evidence of the parties that are before you exactly that's what all of this is
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I may have like tried to be careful in the past but now that I know you're gonna like burn this thing down mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with it and help you burn it down too Honestly, yeah.
0: yeah. That is the vibe that is happening on Twitter. It's end of the world vibe, which means that the jokes are just absolutely immaculate, even yep. though like the world is ending. Yeah. But it's just Twitter at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites comes from at that Hobark guy who tweeted, Leave an institution that's being destroyed before my eyes by poorly thought through decisions and the elimination of vital personnel. Sir, I am an academic. (laughs) (laughs) Also, another fave, being on Twitter right now is like playing the violin on the Titanic, except we're also making fun of the iceberg. And the iceberg is getting genuinely mad.
1: I know. What (laughs) if the iceberg did get mad? That would have been dope. And that is what's funny. It is. Why is he so angry? Why? (laughs) We can't even get our jokes off. It's so funny to watch somebody be... That Mm -hmm. (laughs) thin-skinned. That was not long after he tweeted that, like, comedy was back on the platform. (laughs) My favorite tweet along these lines was somebody who, like, once Elon was already uh, really reacting to these parodies. Uh, Alice Wetterland, who's a very funny comedian and an actress, tweeted, I feel like we're all collectively going to push him to the brink where he tweets, What I meant by free speech was please make fun of women who do not want to fuck me. Why is this so hard? Yeah, that's how it
0: feels. <laughs> that is exactly feels. how it feels. It's yeah. like, drive the journalists off the platforms. Don't make fun of my receding hairline that I got fixed with money. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yep. <sighs> but that's enough about Elon. Yep. For right now, at least, because we're going to be talking about this for at least the next month. And that's a conservative estimate. True. But for now, we're moving on. Yeah. On today's episode, we are channeling our best Blue's Clues impression because... (gasps) Oh my god, I didn't know you could do that.
1: (laughs) I really, like, Rachel did not know I was going to try to make that Blue's Clues
0: sound. (laughs) I didn't know you could do that! Why has it been so long? Why did you wait so long to pull this out? (laughs) I just...
1: I really like doing Blue's Clues impressions. I don't know why. I saw you wrote the words in the script, and I was like, now is my moment.
0: <laughs> it's a perfect moment. Wow. I was going to sing the <laughs> We Just Got a Letter song, but that was Oh, better. I do love that song. It is, it is. It's a good one. I love Blue's Clues. Remember when Steve came back and was like, hey— Yes. You're doing okay. I was in a show once with Steve. It was
1: a moth show, and it was, like, incredible. And, like, when that video came out and he was like, you're doing okay, I also
0: cried. (laughs) Sometimes all you need is for someone to tell you that you're doing okay. Yep. And to you, I see why my listeners, I would say, you're doing okay. Guys, you are doing okay. You right now, who is not sure, you
1: are doing okay.
0: You're doing okay. We do actually have to continue with the show. So (laughs) we're doing Blue's Clues Impressions because we got quite a few letters asking us to explain everything from Olivia Wilde's famous salad dressing to the Philly chicken man. A lot of food yep. things happening right now. So <laughs> after a short break, we'll be back to answer all y'all's burning food-related questions and non-food-related questions. We don't discriminate here. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. Wonder who it's from. And we're back. I feel like I need to get the the worst things out of the way and yeah. end with the best things. Yes. So we're starting low and going high, which means that we're going to answer our first question, which is about Johnny Depp and Rihanna. Uh. Uh, I know we're not supposed to get invested in celebrities, and as someone who is you know media literate, and that is my job, and I understand parasocial relationships. I understand I this get woman it. doesn't owe me anything, but nope. I'm so disappointed. I'm uh, so
1: disappointed. I'm so disappointed. Yep. Eh, I mean, we're going to explain it. I don't know how else to put it. it I, My emotions are sometimes sounds, and it is mm. that is definitely true when it comes to this situation.
0: Yeah. So let's get into it. So since 2019, Miss Rihanna has done a runway show for the fall-winter collection of her Savage X Fenty line, which is her lingerie line. So every year, the Savage X Fenty show is just this, like, really beautiful event that obviously features Rihanna, but also includes models and performers from Halsey to DJ Khaled to Normani to the Hadid sisters to Troy Sivan, obviously all looking extremely hot in beautiful lighting and well choreographed. It, in fact, was so well choreographed that it won a primetime Emmy. Honestly, what else could you want from Rihanna?
1: Oh, as a child of the 90s, I love a fun fashion show. Like, it takes Mm. me right back to the era of Naomi Campbell and Cindy Crawford, back Mm. when RuPaul had their first hit, Supermodel. Like, when George Michael would make music videos with supermodels like he did for Freedom and Too Funky. And the Fenty shows so far have been, like, fun and given me those, like, Too Funky vibes with interesting celebrities thrown in, like Rico Nasty and one of my favorite drag race queens, Jada Essence Hall. Like, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, that's what I've heard. Also, Cindy Crawford was in a Savage X-Fancy show at some point. I mean, it's wild. <laughs> so usually there's a little teaser trailer for the Savage X Fancy show that tells you not everyone who's going to be in it that year, but most of the people. Right. And the teaser this year dropped back on October 25th. And, of course, the cast is stacked. There are performances by Burna Boy, Maxwell, appearances Ooh. by none other than my queen, Cheryl Lee Ralph. So deserve it. None other than the love of my life, Winston Duke. Love him. I'm so excited to see his thighs. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Marseille Martin, Simu Liu, like I could keep going. Yep, there are so many celebrities. So far, so good, right? So far, what you said, so (laughs) good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, this past week, critics received screeners of the show, which drops on November 9th. For those who don't know, screeners are advanced copies of things. Most critics will have seen the shows they're talking about before it drops.
1: That's why the reviews come out before you've seen it. Mm -hmm.
0: So, these critics, as in actual, this is their job, critics, not like critics of Rihanna. These critics spotted someone in the show who hadn't been included in the teaser trailer, and that someone is none other than one Johnny Depp. I hate it so much. Same. I hate <laughs> it. I hate it. Ah. <sighs> wow, that got spiritual. It did. <laughs> Came from deep in you. I, <laughs> I felt that. I hate it that. so much. <laughs> so we are not going to relitigate the Johnny Depp v. Amber Heard trial. No. Because it would take too long, and also we've already done it. Yes. You can check out our June episode titled How Depp v. Heard Broke the Internet, but the gist of the episode and of my personal opinion about this trial is that defamation trials against abuse victims sets an absolutely horrible precedent that has already and will continue to have long-lasting ramifications. And the social media shitstorm around that trial was so misogynistic I was for a minute just a second nostalgic for Gamer Game. Like that's Ooh. how bad it was. Ooh. And like
1: it was bad. It was really bad. It was really, really bad.
0: <sighs> and honestly Gamergate and that trial actually very, there are connections there that I don't have time to draw but they exist. Anyway, so that's True. out of the way. Back to the issue at hand. Rihanna.
1: Yep. And Johnny Depp. Do we know what Johnny Depp is doing in the show? Because I do want to point out, like, this episode will be out Mm -hmm. by the time viewers can actually watch the fashion show. But we do not have screeners to watch it in advance while we're making this. Like, do we know what Johnny Depp ends up doing in the show?
0: According to TMZ, which it's TMZ, take it with a grain of salt, but also they're right a lot of the times Depp will be featured in a star moment, which is, like, this brief spotlight moment and has previously been reserved for people like Erica Badu and, as you mentioned, Cindy Crawford. Oh. He is apparently the first man to have one of these little star moments in the show's history, which is a pretty big statement for Rihanna to be making.
1: I mean, it's a huge statement. And I will say that like if you are someone who only saw kind of like top lines about some of these topics, it might make sense to you in the sense that it seems like Rihanna, someone we know as a domestic abuse survivor, Mm -hmm. is trying to support someone that some people believe is a domestic abuse survivor. Mm -hmm. The thing is, uh, there's also a lot of evidence that Depp himself is an abuser. And so it is not a great look on this. It's really not. It's not.
0: (laughs) The reaction to it has been pretty much exactly what you'd expect if you followed the trial. Right. On one side, you have his extremely motivated... Fan base. Yeah. And then another extremely motivated fan base, the Navy. That is Rihanna's fan base name. And uh, just picture <laughs> them doing like the shaking hand meme. That's what's going on on Twitter yeah. right now. And then on the other side, you have people like me who are pretty disappointed, not least because apparently, according to TMZ, Rihanna was one who reached out to Depp. But even as I'm disappointed, I did have a moment where I was like, yeah, honestly. Not that surprising. Remember when she called Rachel Dolezal a hero? Like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. I don't she, remember. Oh, that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, back in like 2015, she called completely unironically Rachel Dolezal a hero. Uh huh.
1: Okay. See, what I was thinking about was like, I was trying to remember. Like, didn't she turn down the Super Bowl halftime show in 2019 to support Colin Kaepernick? But mm-hmm. is now about to do the show in just a few months even though, like, I don't know, nothing has changed with the <laughs> NFL. Like, yeah. I mean, it's gotten worse, actually, you know, more I think about it. like Rihanna's having actually a bad two weeks, and she's just trying to ignore it and see if that works. And it might work for her because she is big enough that it'll probably work because there are a lot of people that are fans that have been trying to comment on Fenty social media being like, no, 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 like, don't like this, don't like this. And you can see mm-hmm. that a lot of them are getting deleted. So Rihanna's just going to keep her head down. They're going to just probably keep deleting comments and we'll see if she just like rides it out.
0: And she probably will. She will. Because if there's one thing that happens, it's Fenty being sold out of every single Sephora store I ever go into. Like, oh my she's gosh. fine. She is Fine, she is fine. also. I'm probably still listening to anti. I'm not gonna lie, I
1: mean, it's so good, it's so good. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Higher, oh, being alive is hard. Yes,
0: <laughs> so we're gonna move on from our disappointment onto our next question, yeah, which comes from Grace who emailed us. Hello, love the pod. Wish so badly I had more context for what I'm seeing, but I'm truly at a loss. I'm seeing something on TikTok about Olivia Wilde and salad dressing. People are talking about Harry Styles as a part of this conversation too, but I can't tell if that's just because they're a couple or if it's because the salad dressing somehow has implications in their relationship. Comment sections have been characteristically unhelpful. I am begging y'all to help me understand this. Peace, love, and salad dressing. Grace. Grace, I love this email. Thank you for emailing us. Email <laughs> us anytime you want. That was beautiful. Daisy, I'm going to ask you to do something possible. Oh, my God. What? Could you give us a brief rundown of the Don't Worry Darling drama to set the stage for Olivia Wilde's salad dressing? And by brief, I do mean brief. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, wait. Basically, it all begins
1: with Harry Styles when he replaces Shia LaBeouf in Don't Worry Darling. There's some drama about why that happens, but we don't have time for that today. During the movie's filming, Harry's rumored to start a romance with the director of the film, Olivia Wilde, which is rumored to have rubbed co-star Florence Pugh the wrong way. I'm Teen Flo. Now... The timeline of when Harry and Olivia got together is murky, but Olivia claims that she definitely did not cheat on her ex, Jason Sudeikis, with Harry. All of this comes to a head during the Venice Film Festival, when Florence misses some key press events due to, quote, scheduling conflicts. Meanwhile, she is seen strutting around drinking an Aperol spritz, as you do when you're in Italy. Uh. So then there's Spitgate, where it looks like Harry spits on co-star Chris Pine's lap, though both have now... Since denied this, but like that was a night on Twitter. Then there's Harry saying that the great thing about Don't Worry, Darling is that it's a movie that feels like a movie.
0: A proper go to the theaters movie. (laughs) Such a great description.
1: So this is the point at which the drama becomes less fun. In the background of the Don't Worry Darling saga is a messy breakup between Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis. In October, the Daily Mail published a story from an unnamed woman claiming to be Wilde and Sudeikis' former nanny. It's honestly really grim. There's some scenes where the nanny describes Sudeikis as regularly getting very drunk and angry. I mean, this is after... Olivia left so I do I do want to like just give that context and importantly both Wild and Sudeikis say that the woman's claims are quote false and scurrilous but the salad dressing anecdote came from this piece mm. okay so in the daily mail piece we read that like apparently at one point Wild was leaving to go visit Styles and Sedacus allegedly texts the nanny She made this salad and she made her special dressing and she's leaving with her salad to go have dinner with Harry. Oh. The special dressing is mentioned at least four times in this story. How
0: special can a dressing be?
1: Right. Question. (laughs) So I can tell you, because Wilde's only other comment on this entire situation is when on October eighteenth, she posted a screenshot. From Nora Ephron's book, Heartburn. It's a great book. I've read it. It's about her divorce. Wilde posts a picture of that to her Instagram story. And included in the screenshot from this book is a recipe for salad dressing.
0: What's in the dressing?
1: Okay, I'm not going to lie. It's nothing... That's special. It's literally just red wine vinegar, mustard, and olive oil. Are you joking? No, I wish I was.
0: <laughs> You're making a joke right now. I'm, I'm not You're making a joke. You're fucking with me. That no. is not that is not worth any of this. No, it's, this I mean, is it's not a custody battle-worthy dressing. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a custody
1: battle-worthy dressing, but I I do want to point out, because like some people were pointing this out even when this was trending at the time of like when you are in something that is so painful, like in this instance, like, Jason Sudeikis was, you know, apparently, like, the dad at home with the two kids. And the, you know, the mom of the two kids is leaving to go having a fair with Harry Styles. Like, that's hard. When you're yeah. in something, like, that, like, soul-crushing and, like, world-crushing, like, it is always the tiniest stuff that breaks you and, like, sticks with you. That
0: is so true.
1: Yeah. I just feel like, yes, like, the dressing itself is not amazing. But, like, her taking the dressing <laughs> that day, like broke something in him and I'm not even I'm not saying that to mock him I'm just like it's always that one little thing when you're in a tough situation that just takes you there you know
0: it's the straw that breaks the camel's back or like the mustard and olive oil apparently (laughs) I just I will say the one thing about this entire story has nothing to do with the story which is whenever I hear the word dressing I do not think of like salad dressing I think of like what people call stuffing, but which in the South is called dressing. I was about to say, that's because you're Southern. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm always just like, so when I heard dressing recipe, I was like, the fuck does Olivia Wilde know about dressing? (laughs) 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 And now it makes a lot more sense. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I will say I'm disappointed that it's not actually like a dressing recipe. And also I'm disappointed with the quality of the dressing recipe. And I'm also disappointed in Rihanna. I need a break to deal with my disappointment.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> let's let's take a break and just like catch our breath and deal with our sad, sad feels.
0: After a break, we'll be back to adjudicate whether or not the labor organizer known as Jorts the Cat <laughs> is ableist, <laughs> and also tell a heartwarming story of a man and some chicken. And we're back with Jorts, the cat, and also ableism. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) So Camille sent us a tweet that reads, Statistically, at least a few people on here accusing Jorts, the cat, of being ableist also work at Lockheed Martin. And Camille then says, I'm sorry in advance. Please help. (laughs) A, thank you for apologizing. It's definitely necessary. That's so real. (laughs) Also, we can help. (laughs) First, who is Jorts the cat? (laughs) So, way back in 2021, which feels like six years ago, a Reddit Am I the Asshole post went viral that read, Am I the Asshole for, quote, perpetuating ethnic stereotypes about Jorts.
1: (laughs) It's the best Am I the Asshole post ever.
0: Like, Hall of Fame. The gist of the post is that there's this workplace that has two cats, Gene and Jorts. Gene is a very clever tortoiseshell cat. And Jorts, Jorts is an orange cat. And orange cats are famously himbos and we love them for it. This is true. So, sweet himbo Jorts... He's locking himself in rooms, and Gene has to help him out of the rooms. George is bad at cleaning himself, so Gene helps him. I'm going to be honest. If this dynamic existed in my workplace, there were just two cats hanging out, I would go to the office. Oh, my God, Yes. (laughs) This seems great to me, truly. But one coworker apparently doesn't recognize how good they have it and takes issue with this arrangement and tries to like help Jorts pick himself up by his bootstraps. Like <laughs> what this involves is just locking him in rooms and hoping he figures out how to get out, and also like covering him in margarine so he learns how to clean himself. She fucking buttered Jorts, <laughs> and it makes Gene sick because Gene is helping clean off Jorts.
1: <laughs> It honestly, so, it really is, like, it's a great story. It just is a fantastic, in-detail story about, like, a cat that is not the cleverest cat. Yeah. And then, like, the other cat that is always trying to help
0: this cat. It's, oh, yes. uh, what a treat. You just know Jorts is so cute. You just know you look in a Jorts sweet face and you're like, that's a cute fucking cat. Like, there's no photo yes. of the cat attached to this post, but I just know that cat is cute. Correct. Correct. <laughs> So the original poster of said, am I the asshole post says within the post, you can't expect Jean's tortoiseshell smarts from orange cat jorts. (laughs) And this turns into a whole thing. OP is accused by the person who butters jorts of (laughs) ethnic stereotyping. And this is how jorts the cat was introduced to the internet. A star was born. Think about Lady Gaga doing that one note from Shallow, and that's jorts erupting onto the scene. (laughs) (laughs) So, first, we must now go back to October 17th of 2022, where at Queen Vej tweets, My last time using grocery delivery, and I got a man. He started refunding stuff that I knew dang on well the store had. I was so pissed I got in the car and went to the store he was at, Bro was literally standing in one aisle on the phone. Daisy, how do you feel about this tweet? I mean, it makes my uh, go Mm -hmm. off in the sense that like,
1: you know, a lot of gig workers are really, really not paid well or like treated well by any means. I definitely have to use delivery services and we all use them at times. With my weak immune system, I definitely use them more during COVID than before. So it's like part of me is like, uh, mm-hmm. Like, I feel, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel yeah. uh, reading yeah, exactly. the initial
0: tweet in and of itself. Exactly. Uh, is the best way to describe what happens. Of course, this means it sets off a whole discourse about gig workers and ableism. Anyway, True. I am not here to engage in the discourse except to say that if you do need someone to grocery shop for you, I would recommend the app Dumpling, which allows the shoppers to set their own rates. This is not a paid ad. I just like this app. I've never heard of this app. It's really great. You can keep going back to the same shopper. Like, oh, damn. Yeah, they send you photos of the produce to ask you which one you want. Oh. So this tweet from Queen Vige pops off, obviously, doing the whole discourse that you can probably recount from memory. And in the replies, it's none other than Jorts the cat. You might be asking, why does a cat have a Twitter account? And if you did ask, I would respond, where have you been? Yeah. When all of this is said and done, when Elon has yeeted Twitter into space on one of his SpaceX missiles, cat (laughs) accounts will be the last thing standing. Like, Redwoods after a forest fire. Like, they are the last of us. Mm. So, George the Cat's Twitter presence is usually immaculate, I would say. He's, like, extremely pro-labor, anti-capitalist, all about improving workplace conditions. His account rages from tweets like, oh, look at the time, yellow clock, which is very orange cat and just general cat behavior. And then... He's, like, boosting strike funds. You, at this point, might be guessing where this is going.
1: I'm guessing that Jorts doesn't have the best feelings about Instacart.
0: Great guess. And correct. He responds to the tweet, Idea, go get your own groceries. A lot of disabled people very fairly reply to this tweet, like, Hey, grocery delivery is kind of super necessary for me. Maybe rethink this tweet. Right. George doubles down a bit, responding, seems clear, TBH, to a tweet that reads, pretty sure the take is, if you're going to drive to the store and confront the gig economy worker risking their health to shop for you in the midst of a pandemic about their job performance while also calling them out on the Bird app, go get your own groceries. I do agree that if you can go to the store to yell at an Instacart shopper, you probably can go get your own groceries.
1: Right. I mean, this is like one of those places where like the weird corners that we all live in in our current reality are just up against each other at times in ways that are not fair to any of us.
0: Exactly. And it sets up this whole news cycle. And I'm tired. I'm so tired of this news cycle because it's one of those discourses that's just like it's people who largely agree with each other, like yelling past each other. Like I know that the people who are arguing with each other agree with each other on like 85 percent of their political views. And so it's really frustrating to see this happen because you're picking on small shit. Like, why are we arguing about this when we could all just be like campaigning to make sure disabled people don't lose their government health insurance just because they want to get married. Like, come on.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's totally, it's like the disabled community has been like completely left behind by the government response to COVID, which also makes it so that like, I get why, I'm in that community too. So it's like you might be somebody who's like a little extra sensitive to some of the stuff that comes up around this. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, I also was looking at some of it going, okay, so many of these people are kind of agreeing with each other, but also still talking past each other. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Yes. So luckily, Jorts is a himbo, but like most good himbos, he has some sense to him. Yes. He and Queen Veej do one of those joint twit, Tweeter, oh, my God. (laughs) Leave that in. (laughs) They do one of those joint tweet things, you know, where you can, like, tweet with somebody else. I I don't really understand why this exists, I'm going to be honest. And it existed before Elon took over, so I can't even blame it on him. But anyway, they do one of these. That's you, right. (laughs) Well, they use it for good and collectively say... Hey everyone, let's just all put our pitchforks away and settle down. We have made peace over the understanding neither party wants any harm to be caused to the disabled community from any of this. And I agree! We, like, thank you! But, to go back to the tweet that started this entire thing, there's a reference to Lockheed Martin, which I think is referring to the Anna Mardal drama that happened a few months back, which... In brief, very brief, because good God, could I go on for hours about this, was when a very vocal Twitter personality was doxed by Kiwi Farms, which if you don't know what that is, God bless your heart, but it's a terrible transphobic place. And in the process of this doxing, Anna revealed that they were working at Lockheed Martin for the health insurance, oh, but also right. revealed, yes, mm-hmm, also revealed that they had gotten their job through a family member. So it brought us the incredible phrase nepotism hire at the war crimes factory. Yes, that's
1: right. I remember that sentence more than I remember anything else about that situation. When I
0: I think I said at the time, the phrase nepotism higher at the war crimes factory will be the last thing I remember on my deathbed. Like, I will have dementia (laughs) and I will be talking to my grandchildren and being like, nepotism higher at the war crimes factory. So I think back to the Lockheed Martin of it all, the tweet that Camille sent us is calling back to the Anna Mardal discourse. In oh. evoking the jorts the cat discourse. Yes. In in a way that only a true Twitter poisoned brain can. Right. And honestly, I think that's beautiful.
1: I think it is beautiful. I was gonna say, I love that level of Twitter poison. <laughs> like, that's part of why it makes. I <laughs> know it's why I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, it's like part of what makes the uh, coming demise of Twitter so, so sad. But yeah. We can't help but acknowledge that we love jorts.
0: (laughs) Oh, we love jorts.
1: We love jorts. And I will also say I am somebody who lives with a disability who is also struggling all the time to continue to remove ableist language from my life. Please know that we do try to do it on this show. Like sometimes we'll retake a line and be like, hey, just realized that's kind of an ableist term. I think it's probably the topic on which like across our entire society Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter your background. Like we probably all use them in equal measure and it's a harder habit to break, but it is a habit that we all should be trying to break.
0: Definitely. Well, for the final question, we're going to end on a light note. Please. This is my favorite question, which comes from <laughs> Berkeley who asks, can we talk about the chicken man? <laughs> yes, we can. Let's do about it. The chicken man.
1: Please. I love the chicken man. <laughs> I love the chicken, man. I do. So near the end of October, local Philly man, Alexander Tominski, posted a flyer on Twitter and also IRL, like like on polls out in the city. Yes. The poster read, come watch me eat an entire rotisserie chicken. (laughs) November 6th will be the 40th consecutive day that I have eaten an entire rotisserie chicken. (laughs) 12 o'clock noon. The chicken will be consumed on that abandoned pier near Walmart. This is not a party. (laughs) That's the actual flyer. That's what it said. This is not a party. It's so important. It's so important. The poster includes photos of him eating chicken. Yes. He's also been posting photos of himself eating chicken to Twitter, so I can only hope that he is not lying about the 40th chicken. Anyway, so this goes locally viral, as all good things do. And so this past Sunday, a bunch of people... Who did not have gastrointestinal distress <laughs> like Rachel and could actually get there? They all turned out to watch a man eat a chicken <laughs> on an abandoned pier in Philly. That's literally it.
0: I'm fine ending mm-hmm. here, but I do have some questions. Like, I the story. I don't is beautiful know that so I can far. answer them, but I want to hear them. Please shoot. Okay. Okay. First question, logistical. Yeah. Does he eat it dry? Is he just eating like you get the, you know, you get the history chicken from the store and then it's just there and it's juices, which like is good. But like, is he what's what's on the chicken?
1: Oh, like, is he using condiments? Well, in a tweet, he wrote, I only get plain and refuse to use sauces. So Mm. I can actually answer that one for you. Wow. Like right from the horse's mouth. But as far as grocery stores are concerned, Rittenhouse Market is his go to. The staff okay. have gotten to know him
0: there, which is a cool feeling. Lots of thumbs up. I will say that tweet raised more questions, but I'm not going to ask any of them. Yeah. OK, how many people came to see him eat this chicken on an abandoned pier? I can only imagine, like, a lot.
1: I mean, the estimate is somewhere between 200 and 300 people. Sometimes
0: society is beautiful. Yeah. OK, last question. Yeah. Yeah. Famously, and by famously, I mean I mumbled it at the top. Right. Chicken Man is not, not attractive. Sure. And there's just something about a man who commits to something that's really attractive to me as well. Yeah, that's fair. Is he single? Do you know? I do
1: I do have an answer to this one. And okay. um, Chicken Man is, is married. He has a wife. <sighs> and the wife was at the chicken eating event. So oh, even though God. he already had a wife coming,
0: he still invited other <laughs> strangers to come. Watch him eat the chicken. <laughs> Do you think his wife wasn't gonna come if no one else showed up? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe she was like, maybe she's the reason that the flyers started. Like, she was like, mm. babe, I'm, uh, you know, I love you and I want to support you. You know, I said for better or for worse, and you've yeah. asked me to come sit out this pier with you, watching you eat chicken, and that's fine. But if you could just. Prove to me that other people would also do this for you. I would feel better.
0: I would. I feel better about not just being a couple sitting on a pier eating chicken. I will say that this news that Philly Chicken Man is not single is only adding to the disappointment that I've experienced over the course of this episode. And I need. I think we need to cut the tape.
1: (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry.
0: All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss a mailbag episode where we will answer all your burning questions. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your Philly chicken men about us. Tell your single Philly chicken men about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions that could appear on an episode of ICYMI. And you could also always drop us a question at ICYMI at
1: ICYMI is produced by Kevin Bendis, Daniel Schrader, and Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario, that's me, is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See you online.
0: Or in Philly. on a pier or on an abandoned pier behind a walmart oh my god
1: by the walmart
0: like I want him to eat a chicken in every major city
1: in like two months he's gonna have a tiktok account with his wife and it's gonna Mm -hmm. be like van life while we drive (laughs) van life